How's everybody doing on this fine Sunday morning? Everybody, everybody loving the weather? Everybody loving the weather today? Um, I'm, I'm glad that it rained yesterday, uh, mainly because my truck is not yellow anymore. Um, it, is, it is back to being black, so that, that's a good thing. Does anybody else, like, when the pollen hits, like, it just messes with you a little bit? Does anybody, like, see, like, see the clouds of pollen in the air? I was literally driving uh, down the road the other day, and I, I was like, what is, is that? It was pollen. I thought it was smoke. It was like a cloud. It was a cloud of pollen. It's like people are coughing and sneezing, and I'm like, do I wear a mask around you? Or like, like what's the societal norm right now? Like, I don't, does anybody else know? I don't know what I'm supposed to do, so I'm just, I'm not, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna talk about that. Let me, let me not talk about that. Hey, one, one quick announcement. Um, April, April the 18th, all right? Parents, if the parents already know, hey, a, April, both of them, April, April the 18th, hey, if you're a parent, all right? Let me, let me preface this. If you're a parent and your kid is under the age of 18, all right? So y'all, y'all don't get to take advantage of it, all right? But hey, if you're a parent and, and, and man, you have, you have those kiddos at the house, we have our parents' night out coming up next Sunday. So there will be another email that's going to be sent out today. Um, so make sure you sign up for that. Once you sign up, you'll get an email with all the, the location specifics where to drop the kids off. But what, what does that look like? Listen, from 5 to 8 p.m., you get to drop your kids off. You get to go on a date night. We're going to take care of dinner for, for them. It's free for you guys. You can either go on a date night, go watch a movie, go back to the house and take a nap, like whatever... <laughs> Whatever you want to do, like you got a few hours just to go, just to go hang out. I know uh, Jen and I, uh, we're we're excited about that. Um, I'm just like, like, are you gonna take a newborn if the newborn's there? Like, that was a joke, people. Like, like laugh at my jokes sometimes, man. I'm nervous about having another kid. All right, like I really, I really am. Uh, we're having it at the house. I think I think the reason I keep saying that over and over again, it's like. I don't know. I'm, I'm waiting for somebody to like come and put their arm around me and go, it's going to be okay. None of y'all have done that. You're all bad people. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Like, just tell me I'm going to be okay. Somebody's like, well, what are you going to do? I was like, I don't know. I'm going to go outside and grill out. And like, I'll come hang out at the house if you want to. I did tell all of our neighbors. I did tell all the neighbors. I was like, listen, I'm, where's Ryan and Kelly? Are y'all, y'all in here? I, I told them I'm just going to open up the windows and invite them over. But like, hey, y'all want to come over? Like, we're having a baby. Like, like, don't call 911. I'm like, we're not murdering each other in the house. So, sorry. Put Zach in a corner. Like, I don't know. I should probably preach today. All right. This isn't a comedy hour. Um, again, I think I'm getting, I'm just getting, getting more nervous. Sorry. Y'all just hear what she said. For those in the back, she looked at me and said, it's going to be okay. I'm the one doing everything. <laughs> awesome. Freaking her out. All right, here we go. Here we go. I told you, hey, we're, we're a little different. We're a little different. Uh, but I, I am excited for that, that parents night. Paul, I think we should, um, I think we should talk to I me. Mean, I think if we get Justin to, to rally with us, we can talk all of us into going to race go-karts again. Justin, I think that's a, I saw a peace sign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody's good with that, but. But listen, we're, we're in Lake Norman, so we're kind of surrounded, we're kind of surrounded by, by racing. A, a lot of it, right? And, and you probably know somebody or know of someone that's been involved in racing uh, for a while. And, and, and this, is, this, is what, this is what I know. I know that pit stops matter in racing. But I also know that there are some drivers that are really liked, and then there are some drivers that are really hated. 
right? Like I do, I do know that. But but pit stops, pit stops matter. Uh, quick, quick story time. Um, when I was in when I was in middle school, my dad. So my dad growing up, like we owned two casinos. Uh, he had some convenience stores with poker machines. Um, what I'm trying to say is I was around a lot of gambling. Uh, so, so I decided that it would be, does anybody know what a race pool is? I decided that it was, would be smart that if my dad's making money because people are, are betting, that I could, I could go to school and I could do a race pool. So I ended up getting called to the principal's office because I had over $400 worth like, of other kids' cash in my, in my locker. But, but I was all, I've always kind of been in, involved with, with racing. I, I grew up. I grew up watch, watching number three. I, I told my buddy I was going to say. Um, uh, there's a saying that goes with raise, praise Dale. Anybody know? What I'm, any, okay, anyway, we digress. But but anybody watch anybody watch Dale Earnhardt? Like back in the day, like the Intimidator, right? Like he he was the guy. And then his son came on the scene, right? So we had we had Dale Jr. And then everyone's uh, favorite hated NASCAR driver. We have Jeff Gordon. Um, so like just growing up. Like I just, if you were in the South, you did not like Jeff Gordon. What's funny is when we were kind of going through our slides this morning, Nicole looked at him. She goes, my dad loved Jeff Gordon. I was like, he wasn't from the South. He's from Long Island. Like <laughs> you're, you're allowed to like Jeff Gordon. Like nobody in the South like, yeah, like nobody, he was good, but nobody didn't want to like him. Right. But then we have drivers now like Kyle Busch and, and Denny Hamlin. Right. We have Joey Logano. But, but this is what I know. I know that pit stops, regardless of the team, I know that pit stops matter. They're actually one of the most important elements of the entire race. Yes, going around the track is important, but, but the pit stops are, are, are that, that's where time is, is made up. We know that, that in pit stops, that can be the difference between first place, second place, or, or, or last place. But let me, let me tell you what the, goal, what the goal of a pit stop is. The goal of a pit stop is to get in and out as quickly and as safely as possible. Why do you go to a pit stop? You go in, you, you get some fuel. You, you, get some, you get some new tires. But the goal is, is to get back on the track. And, and today I want to talk to you guys about the ultimate pit stop gone wrong. The ultimate pit stop gone wrong. In Genesis chapter 11, verse 31, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there. If not, we're going to have it on the screen. Genesis chapter 11, verse 31. One day, Terah took his son Abram, his daughter-in-law Sarai, and his grandson Lot and moved away from Ur. He was headed to the land of Canaan, but they stopped and settled in Haran. They were headed to Canaan, but they stopped and settled in Haran. Let, let me ask you this. Where were you headed? Where were you headed with your dreams? Where were you headed with your, your visions? Where were you headed with, with the desires that God placed inside of you and for some reason you stopped and you settled? God called some of us to do things, but we stopped and settled. God, God gave some of us dreams, but we stopped and settled. God gave some of us visions, but we stopped and settled. And today, this is what I want to preach to you. Here's the title of the message. Don't stop, can't stop, won't stop. Don't stop, can't stop, won't stop. That, that, that's what I'm going to preach to you today. Things that can cause us to stop and settle. Number one, we stop and settle when we press pause and forget to press play. 
when we press pause and we forget to press play. I love, I love reading books. Man, I'll give any book a chance. Um, full disclosure, if you don't catch me in like the first chapter, maybe two, I'm not going to finish the book. <laughs> like, but but I'll, 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 read, I'll read about any book. And I was reading a book by, by David Goggins. It's called Can't Hurt Me. And it's a, it's a phenomenon. It's a little rough around the edges. All right, that's my preface. A little, 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 there's some rough language in there, but but it's a, it's a phenomenal it's phenomenal content, and a phenomenal book. And and in the kind of the preface of the book gives a little background to who Goggins is. And his, he says his childhood was a nightmare. He grew up in po- 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 poverty. That try to say that five times fast. I'm gonna say poverty, prejudice, and physical abuse. That was hard to say. Three times, but he grew up in poverty, prejudice, and, and physical abuse. But Goggins accredits self-discipline, mental toughness, and hard work to, to why he got out of the situations that he was in. You're like, well, what's, what's the big deal about this guy named Goggins? Let me read this excerpt. Goggins transformed himself from a depressed, overweight young man with no future into a U.S. armed force icon and one of the world's top endurance athletes. He's the only man in history to be a Navy SEAL, an Army Ranger, and Air Force tactical air controller. Three branches and he was at the top. Like he, he, was, he was the guy. One of my favorite quotes by Goggins is this. He says, I don't stop when I'm tired. I stop when I'm done. I don't stop when I'm, I'm tired. I stop when I'm done. How many times in our life have we stopped because we've gotten a little tired? How many times have we stopped because we, we've gotten a little weary? How many times have we stopped because we don't see the finish line and it feels like there's so much work still to do? When we stop, those dreams fade. Those desires fade. Those visions fade. If we're not careful... Something like the COVID season that we just came out of can be the ultimate setup for us. Why? Because it causes us to stop and settle. What have you pressed pause on that it's time to press play on? Hey, maybe some of you, maybe you thought about starting another degree. And you felt like God called you to start this degree, that that was the journey that you were going to take on your life. Or, Or maybe you were in the middle of the degree and you said, this is the moment that I finish it. Then COVID happened, and for some reason, you, you, you didn't. Maybe maybe you felt like God talked to you and, and told you to start that side hustle or that side business. And, and you were really excited about it to start with. And in those first few weeks, man, you were locked and loaded. But for some reason, you, you pressed pause. You never pressed play again. May, maybe, maybe for some of you, it was a ministry idea. Maybe it looked like starting a group. And when we talked about starting groups, you said, Pastor, I'm all in. I'm going to start a group. But, but for some reason, life kind of keeps getting in the way. And, and you keep pressing pause on what you felt like God was calling you to do. If we're not careful, we'll press pause and we'll never press play. If we're not careful, we had the vision to go to Canaan, but we settled in Haran. Why do we stop? Man, why, why do we settle? Number two, we stop and settle when we allow a flat tire to cause us to abandon the vehicle. Anybody ever had a flat tire? Not fun, right? Justin, Justin, you back there. It's dark right there. Justin, what's your favorite car? Like your go-to car right now. If I, if I could buy one car for you right now, what would the car be? 
All right. Guy likes cars. Damon. Damon, what about you? What's your go-to car right now? Okay, so like you, you have your car. If, if either one of you, if either one of you were driving that car down the road and you got a flat tire and you, you couldn't figure out how to change the tire, would you, would you leave your, your vehicle behind or would you figure out how to, how to change the tire? You'd figure it out, right? you call somebody. you get some advice. You would bring someone who's been in that situation before alongside of you to help you figure out how to change the tire. Why? Because, because it, it's valuable. It's something that it has worth. It means something to you. Married couples. How come when we get a flat tire in our marriage, it seems like all hell is breaking loose? And instead of fixing the flat tire, we want to complain about everything that's going wrong. And instead of fixing the flat tire, well, Pastor, you, you don't know about our marriage. No, I don't. But, but I, know, I know what Jenna and I have walked through. And I know this. If I want more love from Jenna, I need to sow more love. If I want more joy, I have to sow more joy. If I want more peace, I have to sow more Peace. I have, to, I have to fix the flat tire. I have to fix what's going on. I don't want to abandon the marriage. I don't want to abandon the vehicle. I have to learn how to fix it. What about raising kids? Preach. Yeah, dog. Y'all didn't tell me it was going to be hard. I got a three-year-old back talking me. Not, not good. I know. Not like... I'm not gonna, we're not going to say no around her at all. Like I'm, that's going to be out of the vocabulary. But it's like, like raising, raising kids is, is tough. We're in a group um, that Brittany and Justin lead. It's called Raising Kids God's Way. And Jenna's been reading through this book, and, and she was out the other day, and I started kind of thumbing through it. And, and it just shows you kind of how to raise, raise kids, and you, and you read these things, but it's easy to read something, and then you've got to implement it. And it's like... A spanking works really good sometimes. Like counting to three ain't working no more. Like, like you know, we have this rule in our house that if you get to three, you're getting a spanking, right? We're not gonna go two and a half, three. We're back down to two and a half. Like we're not doing that. But, but we abandon we abandon the vehicle sometimes, opposed to fixing the flat tire. Maybe it was that side business that you hoped for. Why do I keep coming back to that side business piece? Is because I've had a lot of individual conversations with everyone in the room. And, and there's been many of you in the room that have talked to me about side businesses or, or things that you want to do in ministry. Why are we pressing pause or, or why are we not fixing the issue because the vehicle isn't working? Maybe the vehicle isn't working because we haven't done our part to fix the vehicle. Number three, why do we stop and settle? We stop and settle when we confuse God's not yet for no. Because every not yet doesn't have to be a no forever. Right? Like think think about it. Abram received the promise of a son at 75, but he didn't have Isaac until he was 99. It, it wasn't it wasn't a no indefinitely, it was just a not yet. One of my favorite things to do right now, hopefully the cops outside aren't listening to me. Uh, but one of my favorite things to do right now is, is to let my daughter help me drive. <laughs> all right, here, caveat, not on 77, all right? <laughs> so we have this rule. She can help me drive on little roads, not on big roads. So she's always asking, Daddy, are we on a big road? <laughs> yes, big road, big road right now. So our neighborhood is considered little roads. 
So she, we unbuckle her. She gets in my lap, and, and I drive her around. If I don't hang on to the steering wheel, girl's trying to drive now. She's honking the horn at people. She's turning the turn signal on. She wants the radio on, the air on. Like, she got it figured out, right? The other day, I was in the yard, and I had to get some stuff out of my truck, and I had my front door open, and, and she walks out of our gate, and she, cl- she climbs up in my truck. She's acting like she's driving. She said, Daddy, Daddy, I want to drive right now. Like, by yourself? Yeah, yeah, I, I want to drive. No, baby, like, you, can't, you can't drive right now. So I, I told her no. Now, now, what would happen if 20 years from now she's walking everywhere or, or she's riding a bike everywhere? I'm like, Piper, what are, you, what are you doing? Why aren't you driving a car? Well, Daddy, you told me no. You, you told me I couldn't drive. Well, baby, that, that no was just not right now. It wasn't, it wasn't forever. Maybe the no that God's been saying in your life is just a not yet. Maybe the no's in your life is God saying, hey, just, just not, not, not yet. Sometimes a no is a not yet. Number four, why do we stop and settle? We stop and settle when we thought God's plan would be easy and that everyone would cheer us on. Y'all been there before? Y'all thought it was going to be easy. Y'all heard the dream. You heard the vision. You got, you got it from in your gut. You knew it was from God and you expected your family members to cheer you on. You, you, you expected you expect your friends at work to cheer you on. You know it was from God. But for some reason, the journey was hard. Let's take a look at Scripture. The journey from Ur to Haran was upriver. Anybody ever felt like they've been paddling upriver? Anybody ever tried to paddle upriver? Not fun. It, it, it's not fun. Number five, we stop and settle when we don't make the changes necessary to take new land. When we don't make the changes necessary, say, Zach, what are you you talking about? So from Ur to Haran was a river route. It actually mimicked the Euphrates River. But from Haran to Canaan was a land route. What got you to Haran won't get you to Canaan. So, Pastor, what are you talking about? To get to Haran, you had to use a boat. To get to Canaan, you had to walk a little bit. You have to say goodbye to the boat. Some of you will catch this in a second. You have to say goodbye to the boat. It was a good boat. The boat served its purpose. We honor the boat. We're thankful for the boat. But the topography has changed. And what was indispensable during one season is going to slow you down in the next season. See, see too many churches... And too many dreams and too many desires, they, they die because they worship the boat. They thought the boat was the goal. The boat was never the goal. The journey is always the goal. Reaching the end is the goal. What did God tell them? What's been your boat? Number six, we stop and settle when our pit stops turn into our comfort zones. Could y'all imagine that if the intimidator, right? It, it, someone's like, who's the intimidator? Just let it go. If Dale Earnhardt was, was on pit row and he was getting gas and he was getting tires, he's like, ah, oh, it's kind of comfortable right here. It's not as hot. It's not as hot in pit row or pit row as it is on, on the track. I, I can get a little, I can get comfortable right here. Are you comfortable in a season 
for a place that was just supposed to refuel you. That's what the pit stop is for. It's for you to refuel. It's for you to get new tires. It's for you to take care of yourself. But why do you do that? Not so you can hold on to it. So you can get back in the race. So you begin to take more ground for the kingdom. Number seven, we stop and settle. When we allow what we see to cause us to forget what we heard. Some of you are, are too focused with seeing with your eyes opposed to listening with your ears. Genesis chapter 12 verse 1 says this, The Lord said, the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. What, what did God say? Not what you're seeing. What did God say? What did God say to you? What has God put in your heart? What has God put in your mind? What are your dreams? What are your desires? See, some of you have packed up your, your dreams and your desires and tucked them away, acting as if they were never coming to pass. But what if the no was just a not yet? What if it's time to pull those dreams back out and say, Pastor, I just don't see it happening. I, I just, I'm too far gone from those dreams. Too much time has passed. That's not what I'm seeing in my life. I'm not asking you what you see. I'm asking you what you heard. Let's take a look at Scripture. David saw a giant, but heard God say. Moses saw the Red Sea, but heard God say. Joshua saw a wall, but heard God say. Gideon saw an army, but heard God say. Jesus, we talked about it last week. He saw a cross. But what did God say? This is what God told me to tell somebody today. What you heard is more important than what you see. What you heard is more important than what you see. I need everybody in the room to stand up because some of you aren't getting it. I need everybody to close their eyes. I, I don't need you to look with your eyes. I need you to hear with your ears. Close your eyes and trust your ears. God wants me to tell somebody you can't stop. You don't stop. You won't. 